0: has a tail, ugly, horns, Horns. I said, no, wait a minute, we need to change. Because if that's what the devil looks like, nobody will be attracted to him. So he's the smartest, he's the best idea. And so we changed and the devil, we gave him the smartest look that you can get. And that's what we see today. The things that look beautiful in our eyes, those are the things that lure us and attract us. And within more minute, we are right
1: The Precipice. My name is John, and we've got another episode. We're on the adventure for truth. We hope to have another great conversation with my friend Cornell here, a conversation rooted in truth, hope, and love. I've got my co-host here, Brad Willoughby. Brad, thanks for being here. My pleasure. So, Cornell, you're here again, all the way from Kenya. When did you get here?
0: I got here on uh, Monday, so this is my third night to be here. In America.
1: And is this the first time you've visited since uh, coronavirus?
0: No, this is uh, actually the third time since coronavirus. Wow. So this year, this is my second time.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. I didn't know that you were able to visit as freely. I know that it might be more difficult to travel over there for us than for you to come over here. Is that true?
0: Uh, Kind of, yeah, it, it's true. A lot of restrictions, but I think uh, you can still travel. Right now, my fear is going through Europe. Maybe the, Europe may be a big challenge because we had to fly directly from Kenya to uh, New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. But
1: on your way back, you'll connect through
0: Amsterdam? We will connect uh, through Amsterdam, but um, the words are there that uh, there could be some challenges. Uh, I don't know. There are some restrictions in Europe. So we don't know whether we'll travel through Amsterdam or uh, go back to New York and then to Nairobi. So, but uh, uh, the plan is to go through Amsterdam to Nairobi.
1: Well, hopefully you have a safe passage and it's smooth and you sleep the whole flight. Um, I want to hear more about Kenya and I want to talk more about maybe how we got to know each other. But I'd like to do that at the end of this episode. To begin this episode, I want to get your thoughts on a scripture that I've I've really been thinking a lot about for about three or four years, and I've always known about the Bible verse, but I've never really tried to kind of apply it to my life or think about it in a, in a new way or a different way, and that scripture is Ephesians 6.12. Okay. I'm going to read the ESV version. It says this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Cornell, would you agree that we, the, the world currently and most recently has been in a state that has been very different for mankind?
0: It is. It is very different, and uh, for the first time, you we have a calamity that is affecting the whole world.
1: The whole world. Yep. And the whole world might have some sense of fear or confusion.
0: There is a big confusion in the whole world right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So when I think about just, again, kind of what we're going through as a people, I really like this Bible verse mm. because— much of what we've been going through, it feels like, has been creating division. Yes. And that's not what, that's not what we're about. Um, that's not what we want. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, there's, there's not as much unity as, as maybe there could be or, or should be. So I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on Ephesians 6.12. I'd love just to kind of deconstruct it. So if we can start with the first part so we don't wrestle against flesh and blood our battle's not against flesh and blood
0: what are your thoughts on just the opening of this verse i think the what i can glean from this verse uh, paul is writing to christians and he say for our struggle is not against flesh and blood so paul i feel like paul is not telling the christians that we are going to begin the battle the battle is already there we um this is a fact paul is saying this is a fact um and he's not calling them to fact this is what is going on we are fighting against we are not fighting against flesh flesh and blood and um basically what I can get from this is that uh, we are on a spiritual warfare and uh, we Christians should not ignore it. It is there. Yeah, And if you ignore it, then you lose it. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I'm not... It's hard to stay constantly aware of the battle. We get... We're busy people.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: And it feels like sometimes we're we're so busy we're we we do not realize how intense the battle is or or how much uh, we might be giving things certain authority of our uh, in our lives
0: and that's where we fail because we are not aware we think like things are just normal, but we are fighting a bigger battle than we can imagine yeah
1: well let's talk about the battle. who is the battle against and we can we'll read the verse, but we all know sitting at this table the battle whoever the opponent wants to kill, seek and destroy so that's what that's what's at stake here. I mean this is not uh, some little competition. this is a
2: serious battle. Yes. Brad, what are your thoughts? I think it's um it's one of those things that I, I think we a lot of times don't have the eyes to see it. That we, we get distracted, like you said, about the things that are in front of us. We have so much, um, especially here in the States, that takes us away from the real um, issues that we're supposed to be fighting. And I think it's like uh, the picture I kind of get is like um, if, you, if you have a, a very poorly trained army that uh, is confused and they actually wind up fighting themselves instead of fighting the enemy, that's what I feel like there's, uh, there's a lot of going on right now. The the battle is there. It's always there. It's always been there, and it will always be there until the return of Jesus. Um, and I think that um, one of the things that we do fight um, unnecessarily is the battle in our own hearts of what is our, what our priorities are and should be, and the denial kind of of really what's going on. I think there's a I think there's a head in the sand mentality that a lot of people take. That's just like we just don't want to deal with it. Um, there's a lot of battles that they almost create in their own personal lives that, uh, whether it's necessary or unnecessary, a lot of it's unnecessary, that seems to take the place uh, or take the focus away from the bigger real battle. And so as you're over fighting this inconsequential battle or not near as important a battle, the bigger one is raging on all the time. And I think for me, you know, we've always had it here uh, easy, pretty easy here in the West for a long time and so i think there's an acclamation that's kind of going on with people waking up to the real aspect of it and it's not left versus right it's not neighbor against neighbor it's 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 the it's it's the presence of the enemy of satan doing his thing right now and then it's god's people's response to that and so it looks like Democrat versus Republican. It looks like, you know, neighbor against neighbor, but it's really that spirit that people allow to take over themselves, and that's the spiritual battle of it. It's not flesh and blood. Cornell, where you
1: live, there's a—you all have tribes of people. Yep. Now, those tribes, at one
0: point, did they ever battle? Oh, all the time. More than Democrats and Republicans. That's right. Yeah.
1: But you now— in, in your heart, in your people, realize that your battle is not against one another. It's not against tribe versus tribe. But there, it took time to to mature to that type of thinking, I imagine, because for a long time, we, we are very tribal people. And we, we, we like to battle. Um, it's sad. Uh, you know, God is Yahweh. He's love. And... You know it's one love we we are battled not with one another. We're brothers and sisters, but we our, our carnal or our flesh sometimes can get really uh mean and and we want to we want to fight one another and, and 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 some people they almost seek division, it feels like um, but anyhow, I think um I'm interested in kind of the kind of going moving to the next part of the verse because it's more specific of like well, what what's the battle look like? Who who's it with? Um, so it goes on to say, our battle's not against flesh and blood. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So rulers and authorities. And you, if someone were to ask you, Cornell, what are they talking about? Who's the rulers and authorities of this dark world? Who is
0: that? Or what does that look like? I will say two things. One, uh, we know that uh, for a short time, the devil is still roaming and is still in control in this world. So his kingdom is reigning. He still has power to do some things. And that power... Is limited, at some point it will be taken out. But I think the most important thing that I will, when I look at this verse, it talks about um, against uh, the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil, of heavenly realms. I see the Bible talking about different levels and different ranks, but the most important thing or the common goal for all this war and fights. Is to knock down Christians. The battle is in the mind again. I will say that, but the most important, whether it's what, whether the what level, um, rank, but the main intention is to knock down the Christians.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have uh, my first instinct when I think about rulers and authorities is to think about. Um, large areas of power and control and influence here in this, this, this current world that we live in. And, um, and I, I do believe that the heads of some of these three-letter agencies or just just huge institutions, like you in Nairobi, you all have the UN. We do. I'm afraid the UN is a terrible agency for, for, for mankind. They care about certain people Certain very uh, wealthy elite people, and but the the real people, I'm not so sure about the UN. In fact, I know the UN is bad news. Um, you just look at the roots of the UN. Um, but there's tons of things that I can look at and say, "Well, man, those are the, that's what the scripture is talking about." Whether it's the FDA or the CDC or all of these organizations have great power great power the world health organization has int- intense the world trade organization these these organizations have world power they can influence the world so those are rulers and authorities of this current dark world um, and we we should we should at least be aware that the scriptures tell us we should be mindful we should we should question we should we shouldn't just get in line and do whatever it is any one of these kind of bureaucrats tell us to do because uh, that's not what we're called to. Um, the other thing that's interesting about the rulers and authorities is we were talking earlier about children and technology and how that has so much authority in their lives and, and, and really a lot of people's lives, their devices or their social media. So there's other th- – forms of authority that that's where our real battle is it's not with one another it's with this this issue of uh, yeah. maybe coveting things or 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 maybe lusting or maybe spending too much time on my phone those are the battles those are the things that i'm really called to wrestle with and and fight not not you know, the the World Health Organization, necessarily. (laughs) Um, But but I do think it's important to kind of be aware of the, I guess, the battlefield.
0: Uh, What are your thoughts? Uh, It's important that you brought that idea because um, for sure, sometimes we narrowly focus and look at, uh, begin fighting each other, but not looking at uh, these other things that influence us. You talked about social media. It's uh, really taken captive of, us and without knowing we follow and sometimes it informs us on how i should treat you and then and that's a big big battlefield Mm -hmm. that uh, the devil is an avenue i say the devil is ruling so it has used so many avenues like uh, depending on this world entity world organizations uh, to make decisions for us some of those decisions are not even godly but again so uh, uh, my call again from the verse, what it talks about, we need to look at the bigger picture. What are we depending on? Are we relying on Christ or we are relying on um, social media? Are we relying on um, uh, these organizations that we are talking about for uh, as our authority? And our authority is in Christ and uh, he is the ultimate authority, he is the one who, Will help us win all these battles. Yeah, I think that was what I can say.
1: Brad, would you say that the idols in our life have authority in our lives?
2: One hundred percent. You know, we're as as new creations in Christ. We are heavenly beings. We are. Um, you know, uh, when it talks in the scripture about you know, basically this this earth is not our home. That we're strangers and aliens here. I think that the 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 challenge has become that we've been uh, colonized by our culture and the church has been colonized by the culture. Um you know you being from Africa I'm sure with missionaries that come there and I heard I heard a pastor talk about this a couple of years ago that you know Christian missionaries from the US went to these different countries and they took Jesus but they also took America yeah. culture. Yeah. So it was like this whole piece of we're gonna we're gonna bring you the gospel and we're gonna do this and do that and then we're gonna teach you how to live your Christian life. And then you go back in five years and you have Africans wearing suits and reading this, you know, the Bible in 120 degree heat. And it's like, okay, what did we do here? <laughs> what, ha- what happened? That's and it true. was it That's was true. the colonization. In some regards. And I, I you know, I, I think that some of them maybe that wasn't their intent. And maybe even sometimes the, the different countries see the US and they want to be like yeah. the US. So there's a little bit of that pull there. But us as as people, it's it's the tension that we live in of being not of this world, but being in this world, living here and the the traps that come with it. Um, I've never I've I've always struggled with that. I haven't done a great job of that as a believer is trying to stay above the fray instead of getting down into the things and when we fight battles that are not um that are spiritual but not fight them with the spiritual authority that we have that's when we lose and that's this vacuum that i've seen filled with really really dark evil things and it's just like you said john you know we we blindly trust in a lot of things and i think that their intent a lot of times is good but human nature sin nature whatever takes over and then you kind of see a different route that they're taking and it's not maybe what you thought it was um as we're seeing with with medicine with you know there's cures for sicknesses that are out there but they're being withheld for whatever reason whether it's financial whether it's to exert power over people i don't know what the ultimate goal is i have thoughts on it but we won't get into that but i think that we do need to ask people and we do need to hold them to different standards instead of just saying, here, here's my children. Educators, take them and just educate them. We'll see you in, you know, 12 years and checking how it's going. And then you go, what is going on with my kids? You know, yeah. there's a lot to that. We need to be engaged more. Well, we shouldn't just – we shouldn't let these people have the so much authority. Absolutely.
1: Or these these idols, I should yes. say. These things in our life. That's right. I think about Entertainment, yeah, and celebrity. There's a lot of people that, oh man, they're they're very much affected by the influence of of a movie star, right? And you know that, that's a lot of authority that really, that they really that they've given that movie star, yep. And like you know, people do it. We 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 all do it in different areas of our lives,
2: right. Yeah, I think there's, you know, historically, you can look at pendulum swings, and, and it's here, and then it goes to here, and there's a lot of overcorrections and things that happen at times. The, the depression generation held on to every single penny like it was the last amount of money they would ever see. And so their children that grew up under that really tight rain wanted to kind of let the, let the reins out a little bit. And so that next generation worked, and they spent a little bit more money. And then their kids worked and played and had a little bit of a balance. And now you have a generation that really doesn't want to work at all. And so there's just these these swings that happen in that. And parents have, I think, just lost the the ability to say, you do belong to me, and this is how we need to raise you. This is what we need to do. There's just so much going along to get along instead of just saying, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. And I believe that people will rise to the level of expectation you put on them. It needs to be done in love. It doesn't need to be done out of performance. It doesn't need to be done out of this harsh, you will do this or whatever. But it's just to say you were created for a greater purpose than just watching the internet or TV or whatever 24-7 or social media.
1: Cornell, in Africa, I did not realize that even in uh, the slums, there's YouTube.
0: Oh, right now, the YouTube, we can... As as little as um, a penny, we mm-hmm. can buy some data bundle, and then you can go to the YouTube. So in the slums, um, with the smallest amount of money, you can go to YouTube, and we're the world is now a global village, like like in America. So. The influence that uh, we see, uh, I see in America because of internet, we, it is there with us. Wow. Uh, and, 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 and it's becoming, and you know- yes, But
1: it's challenging for the parents.
0: It is challenging. And you know, like us in Kenya or Africa, uh, we, and I like what you said, because I think also the colonization of mind, we think everything coming from the West mm-hmm. is good. So we consume it in totality. And I'm telling you some of the crap that is now going into the hearts and our, in the minds of our children. Mm. And is, it's taking over. So the battle actually now is a big battle.
2: Mm. Well,
1: you just said something that I had in my notes. And that is, d- during this battle, sometimes the evil masquerades as light. Mm. or it's, it, So it seems good. It's coming from the West. It must be good. Well, no, it's, 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 a, it's an image it's a it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, so there's a lot of these things that we give authority that are just like that. They we rationalize them, they seem okay, they seem good, but it's 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 the opposite. But it it, it, it lures us in. We 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 fall for it a lot, a whole lot. Um, and, and again, the United Nations seems like a great organization. They're doing such great things. This is more of this masquerading in light.
0: That's right. Sometimes back I used to write uh, dramas and special scripts. And people used, especially in Kenya, used like the devil is dark. It has a tail, ugly. Horns. Horns. I said, no, wait a minute. We need to change. Because if that's what the devil looks like, mm-hmm. nobody will be attracted to him. So he's the smartest, he's the best idea. Mm-hmm. And so we changed and the devil, we gave him the smartest look that you can get. And that's what we see today. The things that looks beautiful in our eyes, those are the things that lure us and attract us. And within more moment, we are trapped. And um, the good things that we see, yeah, like you're talking about World Health Organization, all these bodies, they look good. We want to bring people together. But sometimes we also need to be careful with, uh, with the ideology. What are they bringing? So um, uh, we, we, we are trapped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny you saying that
2: about YouTube in the slums. When I was a kid, um, cable TV started to really come out and explode. And MTV back in the day um, was the biggest thing. And I remember growing up in Marietta. In um, you know a kind of current culture, and going to visit cousins in Villarica, Georgia, which is a very rural town and still is today, really, and seeing the influence of that hitting their small town, and then seeing the kids start to dress, act, talk just like they were seeing the things on TV. And then now you take that time and put it around the whole world with the internet and with all of the things that they can do and see, and it's it's the it's the trap that's been set.
0: It is, it is, it is.
1: It makes me think. Brad pointed out once that um, I wish I knew the scripture off the top of my head. I might edit this part, but the um, you know, don't build your house on sand. In all of the internet, if you think about it, it's fiber optic silicon, it's sand. And and so we got all this identity and all this stuff that if they shut off the internet, or if, if you lose internet or you get lose your Wi-Fi connection, uh it, you can see how it affects people. It's like they they're unstable. Yep. And they've built their house on very unstable things that are um they're, they're very emotional. it's not it's not it's not very uh, sound.
2: And it's just symbolic that that nothing is foundational anymore for so much. It's all superficial. It's all just a facade. It looks good, but it's really rotten on the inside. You know, it's like the, the person that you've ever heard about that's young or um, even older. It's in great shape. They look great. And then you find out they've got this really, you know, accelerated version of cancer in their body. And you can't believe it, but you can't see it. But it's eating them from the inside. And I think that in our culture, it's really starting to kind of show on the outside more and more every day. So I think we agree
0: in the scripture when, uh, so the battle, based on the, some of the things we have talked about here, uh, we, we Christians need to be very, very careful. This battle is bigger than we think. It is, it is bigger than we think. So we need to saturate ourselves into Christ and uh, let him help us uh, identify, see these things and be able to fight um, and and win them because it's possible we can win them through Christ.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, right before that, um, this part we're talking about the, it goes on about putting on the armor, you know, equipping ourselves, our 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 hearts, our minds, our bodies, our fellowship, getting ourselves prepared for the daily battle. Um, so, Cornell, what about the cosmic powers? And the heavenly realms, I—you've got more insight in this, I believe, because of your culture. And I know you saw some uh, sorcery, or you've been around some uh, s- spiritual things that we don't have here in Africa. I know there's some tribes in Africa, or excuse me, here in America. There's some tribes in Africa that have all—they're rooted in maybe some spiritual practices that. Are in the heavenly realms, or they're they're trying to figure out the spiritual realm without Jesus, um, and they they can get into some spiritual things that I think the scriptures talking about. Those are real things we can't ignore. The spiritual battle
0: that we can't see, the invisible. Um, I think uh, I want to take you back a little bit to the Old Testament in the book of Exodus. When um, God told Moses to do some things in the name of God, and then the magicians were able to, <laughs> to copy and do the same things. Back in my home, uh, you see that. Uh, we see um, people doing those things, and sometimes you may be confused and think this is God at work.
1: Can you describe one of those things, like that type of sorcery or witchcraft or black magic? or What, what is it?
0: Uh, Let me talk about this. I don't know whether to talk about this one, but the recent one that I I talked about, somebody suspected that um, his wife was cheating on him. That was something happened two months ago. Suspected that his wife is cheating on him. And then he goes to a witch doctor and he does something. The next thing that happened, the wife was caught with the man and they were stuck in the act of adultery. They were stuck and they could not be separated. It has to be operation, unless they called the witch doctor to do the witches to separate them. Oh. And they were caught naked. So something like that. You know, those are the things that personally, it is hard for me to explain. Yeah. It was there in the media.
1: Oh, it was in the media. It is in
0: the media. It was in the media. They had the man and the woman were caught and they were stuck. They could not separate until the witch doctor was called. And then uh, he, he had to appease the witch doctor and ask. And, and then he, he, you have to meet all the demands. There is then, a ritual. So he has to do some ritual to untangle them. And so that is just one, 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 one glimpse of some of the things that happens. I don't understand, but it is happening.
1: Yeah. Well, like you said, in Exodus, it happened.
2: That's not the most symbolic thing I've ever heard in my life.
1: <laughs> 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 they're stuck. Yeah, they are stuck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting too because there's there's obviously, you know, it's almost like you can grade the witchcraft. You know, you can see things very uh, that are very overt, almost occultish, that kind of thing. But I think that the the darkness in the spiritual realm is is covering so much right now. And it's not even just through um, really like off-the-chart stuff like that that's very overt. It's subtle stuff. You know, manipulation is witchcraft. And you're seeing an entire global population being manipulated right now about a virus, about an illness. Um, you know, we're talking about Internet and stuff like that and, and, and these global organizations. And one of the things that people are holding over people's heads is get vaccinated or you're, you will lose Internet access. You know, you'll, you'll, you you'll might start at just getting – they'll slow your internet speed down. And I'm just thinking, like, the things that you guys can do when you want to do them and then the things that you don't do because you don't want to do them just boggle my mind. You know, we've we've got, you know, rampant global pedophilia, things that are going on that are horrible. We've got global hunger. I guarantee you that stuff could all be eradicated if the focus was actually true on – eliminating the problem, but they don't care about these things. They sometimes need those things to perpetuate whatever they want to have accomplished, but they can do whatever they want to do. And so the fear that's put over this entire globe right now is a spiritual issue. I've talked to so many people these days that feel that fog of war, and we're in a war. We've always been in a war. There's always been a spiritual battle going on, but it is so intense right now that it's impacting people. In a very, 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 very um, powerful way,
1: it really is. Well, Cornell, any any last thoughts on Ephesians six twelve before we uh, wrap this up?
0: Uh, I would want to read uh, same Ephesians chapter one verses uh, twenty and twenty one. The Bible says he exalted when he raised Christ from the dead and uh, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms for above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. I think the good news that we have through submission in uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, he is above all these fights. Mm -hmm. So it is the time that we Christians need to submit ourselves to his authority because he's the one who is able to fight this battle for us. We cannot fight. Some of these battles are so intense and and, and some of them could end up in addiction. Like you're talking about internet. You can, you can hold grip of you to an extent that you cannot untangle yourself. But through the submission of him, Christ who is able to... to uh, who is above that and uh, is able to fight uh, for us I think we are able to win these battles that uh, are all over the world right now
1: i agree i agree and and maybe the first step is just like we said earlier being very much aware yeah. of the battle be, be aware yeah. and um and I think approaching the battle kind of equipping yourself there's things that we can all do uh just to you know try to make some of this some of the, you can't it's a strategy. When you go to war, you can't just go in there with your tank and just start nuking them. It's just it's there's some strategy to it and and you know I think about just my like health and wellness. For me, it's incremental. I got it's it's daily I'm thinking about like all right, I'm trying to not do all this processed sugars and you know there's certain things I'm trying to be really mindful of. But I've got to be it's a battle. I don't I don't I, this this is a temple. My body is a temple. I want to try and take care of it. I don't, and my battle in that area, I need to kind of create some 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 tools, some things. I need to shop, take things out of my pantry, so we we can do this. It just requires like some amount of asking the Heavenly Father to, to equip us to give us that strength. But then we got to step into it. We got to we got to wage the war. We got to. We can't just sit around and wait on the Savior to come. You know, I get so tired of some of these Christians. They just sit around doing nothing.
0: And they're not. They're not. They're not in the fight, and it's it's kind of disappointing. Intentionality. I love that. I love what you're saying.
1: Well, we, you know, we've got our personal issues that we're dealing with, but then you have issues in your community where we you no. Know, we need to advocate for our children. We need to stand up for our children and stand against maybe some of the teaching in our schools. That's another example of saying, well, no, 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 well, let's engage. Let's, let's, we're familiar with the battlefield. Now let's move forward smartly, peacefully, in a loving way. Um, so there's, there's neat ways to apply this verse in our life, I think, today. Well, Cornell, the reason I know you is because of your ministry yep. in Kenya. We've known each other for, I guess, 10 years now. Um, it's an organization that's grown a lot over the years. It started with just very few people. And now I want you to tell me the kind of what you all are doing now and where you're doing it. Cause I know it's well beyond Kenya and, um, I'd love for the listeners to hear about it and consider supporting your ministry. So tell us about care for AIDS and, and, uh, what you're doing over there.
0: Thank you. Um, Care for AIDS, uh, we are a Christian organization uh, based, uh, right now, it started in Kenya, but uh, we are now in Tanzania and uh, Uganda. We exist to empower people to live a life beyond AIDS, Uh, meaning as uh, we get our clients, we take care of them holistically. We ensure that their spiritual life. And just like we were talking, um, there is a lot of spiritual issues involved uh, when somebody is having HIV. So we help uh, share the gospel, but at the same time, we take care of them. Uh, taking care of them means um, things like hospitals, things like um, equipping them with the skills that is empowerment. And, um, and, and having a time uh, where we have fellowship with them and uh, speaking to them and visiting them in their homes, showing them that we care and we still love you. The reason why we do that, HIV aids is uh, equated with a lot, a lot of a stigma. There's a lot of stigma around it and there's a lot of rejection. So as an organization, we work through the local churches in East Africa and uh through this uh, we offer that holistic care we 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 care for our clans and each clans who come to us uh right now we i said we are partnering with the churches uh, we are partnering with 83 different churches across kenya and across uganda and across uh tanzania and uh in uh, in in during uh, our partnership with the churches, uh, that we recruit uh, in each church, there are two employees who are of uh, they are working full time, employed by the organization, and uh, these two employees are also supported by uh, social workers or community health volunteers, who work alongside them to go get clients wherever they are hiding, the where they are they feel rejected and bring them into the program. The program is offered within the church. So after we've gotten the clients, we get 80 of them. We get 80 clients and we take them on a journey of uh, nine months. During this nine months, this is when we offer this holistic care. And after nine months, they graduate from our program. Graduating from our program, we want them to graduate from our program where, our, when they are completely empowered, completely liberated, completely on their feet, and they can now depend on themselves. And uh, so since we started, we have graduated over 23,000 clients who have gone through our program. And uh, we've been lucky to see um, over 5,300 uh, follow, uh, follow Christ and uh, living for Him. And um, in our program, we have a lot of Muslims who are coming to seek help because uh, uh, we open the door to anybody. As long as you are living with HIV AIDS, we welcome you into our program and um, we show them love during this nine months. So after graduation of um, the 80 of them from this nine month program, we take a new cohort, a new class come in. And the new class, when they come, they also go through this holistic approach program And then after nine months, they graduate. So each and every now and again, we graduate. Every year, we graduate a class. And uh, since we started, we started in the year 2008. So it's about 14 years since inception. And uh, we've seen the hand of God uh, into this program. And especially sometimes when you get clients who is the poorest of the poorest, and uh, uh, you pay for their medical bill to... uh, to take surgery that they were not able to 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 take and the smile that you see in their face and also the fact that we show them that we love you despite um, your status despite what you have we still love you and we will care for you that means a lot uh, to them and it brings back life into their personal uh, growth
1: yeah well i i love the, your organization everything that y'all do and all the people that i've ever experience as part of it I think there's a lot of opportunity for people to learn more about it on the w- website I'm gonna list a website on the show notes it's carefraids.org, isn't it yeah and the um the best way to learn about Kenya though is to go you gotta you gotta go to Africa yeah
0: um and, and when you come we spoil you at the end of the mission trip uh, we take you to our best of the best uh, national park, uh, yeah, Masai Mara, and you will see. Yeah, it's beautiful. The best of the best. Of but it,
1: it'll be a it'll be a a moment in your life where your life changes. Yep. And and if people are listening and they want to consider maybe uh supporting care for aids and you know maybe meeting Cornell and some of the other care for aids people, the best way to do it is to look at your calendar. And figure out a, a family trip, or you know, you and your wife get away, because it is a beautiful, beautiful place, and the people there. I was thinking earlier about Yahweh and love, and and how how it feels, how it's you know we're we're battling uh, the darkness, but gosh, when you're around the the good, when you're around people that have joy and love. It is good medicine, and you, you feel it. You notice it, and I've always felt that way when I visited Kenya, and um, I would encourage anyone uh, to go. Uh, Cornell, the one thing about the organization that I find really cool is the amount of people that are uh, not just being cared for, but there's also a, a large uh, group of employees that have a really awesome, meaningful like purpose in their work now, because they're uh, they're the hands and feet in Kenya, and
0: I guess it's a, it's close to two hundred people now. Oh, we are about two hundred and twenty-three people in East Africa working for this organization. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. And in, in a country where. Uh, more than over 40% is unemployed. It's not like here in America where right. I see we are hiring, we are hiring, we are hiring. Yeah. There, we do not have jobs. So we are able to uh, give 220-something uh, people job. It's a big thing in our country. And the ripple effect, their children and the people that you support, like in Africa, so one person working, you support a number of families. So the ripple effect is even bigger than the 223 people working for us. That's
1: right. And all of those people they're they're living out a life that I've in you that is it's so just biblical. It's you know looking and searching and caring for the least of these, and uh, it's it's something that I'm I really really love and I'm glad y'all continue to do it and I I can see it's continuing to grow. It's amazing. Yeah, thank, thank you. Me. It really is amazing. All right. Well, with that, we're going to conclude. Next time, maybe you can come on and tell us about your childhood. I love to hear about his childhood stories and what what it used to be like in the bush. Uh, You're from Kisumu, right?
0: I am from Kisumu, near the lake. Near Lake Victoria. The second largest freshwater lake in the world. Yeah, yeah. Lake Victoria. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I haven't been there yet.
0: And I will take you.
1: Okay. Well, I need to go. I've been to Kenya a few times, but I haven't been up there yet.
0: Yeah, I will take you this time. Okay, good. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, thanks for being on here.
0: Thank you so much for inviting and, uh, me. Yeah. yeah. Next time we'll do it again. Thank you so much.
1: Uh, tune in next week for another episode. Be sure to go to theprecipiceshow.com and register for our email list and rate, subscribe, review the podcast, share it with your friends. And thank you for listening. Brad, thanks for being here. Uh, well, we got to remember Levi, the musical director, Hassan, our computer man. We got uh, Melos on the audio. Oh, and Savannah doing our artwork. Good job, Savannah. All right. See you all next time. Thanks.